Hello and welcome to our Climate Change 101 series in which we'll explain climate terminology and relevant developments to provide you with a good foundation of the legal climate change space. In this session, we're going to cover managing risks in relation to climate disclosures and target setting. I'm Mark Smythe, I'm a partner in the City Disputes Group, and I'm joined today by solicitor Georgia Roy, also in the City Disputes Group. Uh, turning first to climate disclosures, Georgia, would you mind starting us off with explaining what types of disclosures we're talking about here today and what are the drivers behind these? Thanks, Mark. When we talk about climate disclosures, we're generally referring to disclosures in relation to a company's climate policies and climate strategy. Climate change policies are becoming an essential part of the governance and strategy of most companies, especially those in the energy and resources sector. In Australia, the limited intervention of government and regulators means companies face pressure in climate change policy setting from a range of different drivers, such as stakeholder and market expectations, the policies of financial institutions, investors, suppliers and customers, and broader long-term strategic opportunities and risk mitigation. And I think a more specific type of climate disclosure that to talk about here is target setting disclosures, um, such as you know, ESG commitments and net zero targets. And there's particular pressure to make such commitments at the moment. They come from a range of drivers that George has mentioned, but in particular, that comes from expectations of institutional shareholders and uh, actions that are taken by ESG activists. Companies in progressing those pressures and seeking to balance those pressures need to be mindful of the various legal risks associated with such disclosures. These include claims for misleading or deceptive conduct, for greenwashing of ESG credentials, as well as claims against directors for breaches of directors' duties. To avoid the risk of claims that Mark's just talked through, companies need to ensure that they're not over-promising in their disclosures, so they're not vulnerable to these types of claims, like greenwashing. Greenwashing is covered by our colleague Ben Rubenstein in another episode of this series. But in summary, there has now been a number of claims targeting companies for their ESG and net zero commitments in Australia. And so how, how do companies try to avoid that uh, litigation risk in the current climate? And it is difficult. Companies need to ensure, of course, that any future statements are made on reasonable grounds. And that means ensuring that there's a clear plan to achieve the target, that that's been tested, uh, that there's sufficient information underlying it, and that the company has a genuine intention and the resources in order to carry that into effect. Secondly, thinking about director's duties, it's important to note that the same standard and conduct uh, of due care, skill and diligence applies in assessing climate disclosures and ESG targets as it does to other business decisions. But I think in particular in this context, it's important to ensure that disclosures are, of course, accurate, uh, as we've said, that they're made on reasonable grounds uh, and tested appropriately, that any disclosures are suitably qualified, in particular, including any key assumptions or contingencies uh, on which they're based, particularly in relation to future matters. And then finally, uh, that the disclosures and commitments are regularly updated uh, for changes to the company's climate strategy and policy, as well as to align with uh, changes in the litigation, regulatory, government policy and, and technology landscape that might affect uh, a company's ESG targets. 
And another emerging area of risk for companies to be aware of is the potential for climate change class actions in relation to disclosures, particularly in relation to non-disclosure of business risks relating to climate change. Shareholder class actions in relation to disclosures are well established in Australia, and there have already been some disclosure-related claims that indicate what type of shareholder class actions we may see in the future. And that's right. I mean, a claim was commenced already against the superannuation fund uh, by a member alleging that the super fund had breached its duty of care uh, owed to the member under the Superannuation Industry Supervision Act, as well as in equity, uh, for failing adequately to consider the risks of climate change in uh, managing the fund's investments. So in November 2020, the case settled uh, on the first day of the trial. But as part of the settlement terms, the super fund agreed to incorporate climate change financial risks into its investments and to implement a net zero by 2050 uh, carbon footprint goal. And in addition to the litigation risk we've just been talking about, companies need to also be aware of the regulatory risk associated with climate disclosures. ASIC has made statements in relation to climate disclosures, including by ASIC Commissioner Cathy Armour, who said that ASIC may consider enforcement action should there be serious disclosure failures. This includes whether the failures relate to the impact of climate change. Thanks very much, Georgia. Um, this will certainly be a really interesting area to follow uh, with so many different developments uh, in, in the regulatory and litigation landscape. Thanks very much, everyone, for listening. And please do make sure to check out some of the other recordings within our Climate Change 101 series.